0: Hello and welcome to the ARC Podcast. I'm Adam. On today's episode, Joy and I talk with author Mike Deloso. Mike is the author of many books, including two Tyndale suspense novels, Centralia and the more recent sequel, Kill Devil. We had a great time talking with Mike about his books with Tyndale, his career, his writing workshops. He even gives some advice for people who are aspiring writers. So we hope you enjoy this conversation, you can visit Mike on Facebook, find his books at Tyndale.com or wherever books are sold, or you can visit his website, MikeDelosobooks.com. Here's our conversation with Mike. So first of all, we want to thank thank you for uh, joining us on the podcast today. Um, If you could... uh, just tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be a writer.
1: Sure. Um, well, currently, I'm uh, uh, 44 years old. Um, I've been married for, it'll be 20 years next year. So I've been married for 19 years. I have um, five daughters, ranging from 17 years old to three months. So we have a big right there in the ages. Um, I uh, um, the full-time job I have is in uh, uh, physical therapy. Like I do home care, so I'm in people's homes all day and I um, travel between them. Um, yeah, I always tell people, that, you know, physical therapy pays the bills and writing satisfies the soul. Oh. But that, yeah, that, that was not always the case, though. When I was growing up, I, I did not want to be a writer. I did not like writing. I hated English class. Um, but that was just nothing that was ever on my radar. I would do writing, of course, for projects in school, and it was kind of only when I had to. Um, but I never had any kind of aspirations uh, to be a writer. When I was um, 25, my uh, brother-in-law was in a very... Um, Serious motorcycle accident, and he had only been married to my sister for two weeks, and um, this was very life-threatening. Um, he had severe injuries. The doctors were telling telling my sister that you know he's not going to make it. Um, they were up in New York. My wife and I went up to visit him in the hospital, and my sister and you know she was uh, there with him. and, when we came back home, um, you know, I had never experienced anything like that. Um, and when we came back home, I was so full of all kinds of emotions, I remember ranging from just being angry to scared um, to sad. And I felt like I needed to do something to get these feelings out. So I don't know why, but I grabbed a pencil and a piece of paper, I just started writing and I was feeling what I was thinking um, uh, prayers and it, 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 it just basically pouring my soul out on, to the paper. Um, a couple things happened there. One is, when I was growing up I had always had a um, uh, problem speaking. I stuttered. I still do. But when I was young, I stuttered uh, terribly. It was awful. And so I never really said a whole lot. In social gatherings and crowds, I was the quiet one. I wouldn't really say a lot because I struggled so much with talking. When I started to write, though, and I don't know why this took me 25 years to figure out, but when I write, I don't stutter. <laughs> um, so. You know, I felt like I could say exactly what was on my heart, what was in my mind. I didn't, didn't have to use alternate words that I could say because, you know, when you – stutters, have certain sounds that they really struggle with. Mm-hmm. So um, if you know that a word is coming and it's going to be a sound, you struggle, and you find another word for it. But I could say exactly what was on my heart, and it was really praying fr- fr- uh, for me. It was like I found my voice, and I just fell in love with writing. From that moment, it was – I I, I tell people, next to being born again, that was the closest thing to feeling born again. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I started writing, and at first it was nonfiction stuff, just kind of whatever I was feeling, whatever I was studying in God's Word, I would write about it, write my thoughts. I felt like, man, I finally have some way that I can – share myself with other people. And then a few years later, I got the harebrained idea that I wanted to write a novel. Mm-hmm. And um, started doing some research on it, kind of self-study on um, you know how to write fiction, how to write a novel. And from there, the whole thing just kind of took off. Um, and to this day, I mean, you know, I can't, can't stop from writing. It's my way of expressing myself. Mm -hmm. that's why I say it satisfies the soul Mm -hmm. Um, because my stuttering has come a long way and I do um, talk in social settings I have a job where I have to talk to people all day Um, and you know I do very well with that but the writing that's still my way of sharing my soul with people Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. that's awesome so you're you're um... Your latest book is Kill Devil, and your last book with Tyndale was Centralia. Both of those are suspense and kind of action-type books, and a lot of yeah. your other books are in, in a similar genre. What, what got you into writing in that genre?
1: Um, when I was growing up, I was always interested in um, suspenseful stories, action movies. Um, when I first started writing, it was more supernatural stuff. Um, I don't know, I've always just been fascinated with um, shows like uh, um, The Twilight Zone and The X-Files and that sort of thing. So when I started writing, it just seemed kind of natural that that's what I would, those are the kinds of stories I would write. Um, going from there just to straight-up suspense, which is what, um the last two novels are wasn't that much of a leap. it's just kind of taking out the supernatural aspects Um uh, but i you know, it's, it that's where my interest lies um is with the whole suspenseful fantasy I have a very sh- short attention span, so I, yeah, I write stories for people with short attention spans <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. That's great, Mike. Would you, uh, those two books that you mentioned, Charlie and then Kill Devil, both with Tyndale, um, they yeah. are Jed Patrick novels. So would you mind giving the our listeners background? Because I know the books are related. They have, you know, somewhat different stories. Uh, but they do go hand in yeah. hand.
1: Sure. Um, uh, Jed Patrick was a soldier. He became a ranger. And, and he got involved with this, um top secret organization called Centralia, but they were doing exercise experimental. Um things went wrong. He was kind of discharged from training and the experimenting. Um, they really um, kind of messed up his mind. So the book, that's kind of the background of where he's coming from. He's trying to find himself again. Centralia starts out where he, he thinks he's somebody totally different. Um, and through the book, it's this story of kind of uh, finding who he really is. Um, at the beginning of Centralia, we understand that his wife and uh, um, little girl Were killed but he believes they're still alive so throughout the story he's kind of looking for them but there's other things going on and the challenge for writing the story was I wanted the reader to feel I don't want to say the confusion that he feels, Jed Patrick feels, but to feel kind of the uneasiness of the whole thing. The reader is never really sure what the reality is. Um, because Jed Patrick has so, so so many different realities in his mind, from all the, the experimentation that was done on him, the brainwashings. So, through the story, he's trying to figure out who exactly is the real Jed Patrick, and the reader never really knows until the very end. Um, uh, Kill Devil kind of picks up where Centralia left off, and is more of Jed trying to weed through all the lies in his life, all the lies he's been fed to uh, find the real him. Now, that's kind of the under story, the soul of the story. The action is something totally different, where uh, um, Jed's daughter gets kidnapped and he has to, do to save her to rescue her, but he's kind of being blackmailed at the same time. Um, They're very fast-paced, very suspenseful, the reviews that it's gotten, most of them have said, have mentioned about this feeling of just being off balance, never really knowing exactly what the reality is in the story until the very end. Hmm. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps readers engaged because it's similar to a movie where it's like, I don't know what's going to happen, hoping that, you know, your assumption that right. like, all things will turn out well, will. <laughs> but um, it's very engaging that way.
0: Yeah. And if uh, listeners, uh, I, I got, I got a chance actually to play Jed Patrick in the uh, book trailer for that. So check yes, that out.
1: Did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll put the
0: links to that in the, in the show notes hmm Yeah, 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 and you did a fantastic job.
2: Thank you. <laughs> what uh for Mike, where did you get the title Kill Devil?
1: Um well I'll start with them. they're both the names of cities. Um Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. That's where some of the the story takes place. They, there's a double meaning in the story, but Centralia is a city um, in, um, uh, well, it, it, there's lots of states that have cities named Centralia. Usually, you look on a map of a state and find the city that's right in the middle of it, and it's called Centralia. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're both names of cities, small towns, I guess, really, yeah. where the climax of the the story takes place. Now, for Kill Devil, like I said, there's kind of a double meaning to it, um, which I don't want to give away too much about the story, but uh, Jed is asked to do something unthinkable, and he's um, kind of being blackmailed to do it, and he's um, told over and over again that this this one person is an evil person, and he needs to die, and Jed is supposed to assassinate him. So that's kill the devil, the devil meaning this person that he's supposed to assassinate. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so it kind of has uh, that <laughs> meaning of kill devil, but also it's where the climax takes place, um, kill devil hills, North Carolina. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm. That's really neat. I I'm all about the double meanings, and I'm sure you know, the the readers will pick up on the first one quickly, and then obviously oh, yeah. this stuff yeah. develop.
0: Yeah, and I I bet the people that actually live in Kill Devil find it really awkward when they have to write that. On, like, I know. Platforms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was like, yeah, I'm from Kill
0: Devil. Uh, probably get double takes. Yes. hmm Yeah,
1: Kill Devil was um, what uh, the pirates. Called rum, I think it was, oh. they called it Kill Devil, and it's called Kill Devil Hills because they would hide the rum in the sand dunes.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> wow, I would never yeah, yeah, Well, Mike, I'm wondering, you know, you're, uh, you manage, it seems like you manage a lot in life, so, you know, you're a father, and then you're a physical therapist, and you're a writer. You also um, are a creative writing teacher. So how do you find balance, because one of the things I've noticed in my own life is that when I'm tired or feel stressed, I'm not that creative, um, because yeah. my mind is thinking about a lot of things. So how do you create the, the space for yourself to express yourself through writing?
1: Well, well, I feel tired and I feel stressed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, very carefully. And I know that's kind of an all- span comment, but it is very carefully. Um, I'm careful about the way I spend my time. You know, I tell people a lot. I, I teach at writers' conferences a lot and you always talk to writers, you know, oh boy, I'd love to write, write a book but I don't have time or, you know, just as I'm out, talking to people, patients, or families, and, you know, we get talking about me writing books, and, oh, you know, I'd love to write a book if I had the time. And I think, well, you know, gee, I don't have the time, but you make the time. Um, <laughs> there's plenty of time in a day to do what we want to do. It's just a matter of managing the time the right way. Uh, mm-hmm. To do my writing, you know, I get up around Four thirty, five o'clock every morning. That's my writing time, yeah. and then around six thirty, I have to start getting ready for work. And you know, I go to work, and I get home around four thirty-five ish, and then the evening is family time. Um, and that's that's my routine. And on the weekends, you know, things are kind of up in the air. It depends on what my wife and the kids want to do if they're doing anything if i have some fr- free time at home you know i will certainly capital um uh capitalize on that and you know use it for writing time or whatever um but writing novels you know you just kind of have to get it in your head that this is going to be a long process mm-hmm. i'm going to write a little bit at a time and i eventually it'll get done when i'm writing a book when i'm you know writing the, the the first draft I try to write a thousand words a day wow. and I and I do that seven days a week um I, I get up the, the same time I very rarely sleep in on the weekends I mean I'm still up at around five o'clock on Saturdays and Sundays as well wow. um and I can get done the first draft in about three months um mm-hmm. you know but it's something you just have to get in your head I'm just going to to keep on plugging away at it mm-hmm. and you know I don't get sidetracked a lot by this and that and Facebook and email and wh- when I'm focusing on writing I'm focusing on writing and I have to be careful with how I use my time when I first started this is kind of a funny story when I first started <laughs> writing um I, I was all in it I was just man this is wonderful and I was writing every free moment I get. Now at the time, uh, how old were the kids? They were, the, the oldest ones were just like a couple years old each, maybe three and one, three and two, something like that. But I was writing all the time. And my wife finally called the computer, the other woman. Oh. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the time, it wasn't so funny. It was kind of a heated conversation. Yeah. Um, but now we can look back on it, and, and, you know, we kind of chuckle. But for me, that was kind of the wake-up call that, mm-hmm. you know, you have to um, balance things out. And one of the workshops that I do a Writers' Conference is just about that. It's, it's about um, um, time management for the writer. And I always tell them, make sure you set aside time for writing and you need to protect that time but don't protect it so much that you be a jerk about it and because I think with anything in life you know we can protect the time to do something so much that we then exclude everybody in our life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's no good. You see that sometimes with, um, you know, guys and their hobbies. Uh, you know, the, I don't know. I used, I used to golf a lot. And when the kids started coming along, I had to give it up because um, mm-hmm. it was overwhelming. It was just too much time. I was in love with it, but I was so much in love with it, I was excluding my family. And then writing started doing that. And I can kind of be that way. That's my personality, kind of obsessive about things. So I have to be very careful about that.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yes it, it makes me realize that all things are good in moderation and in yep. balance and there are seasons yep. seasons for the things that we love and it'll probably change and your children grow up and it was different before they came um, and then really what I'm learning is to thank the Lord for what he's given me now versus wishing it is what it was or, you know, hoping for something in the future. Um, So it sounds like you really have a good perspective on that, Mike. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one of those lessons in life
1: that that you learn the hard way.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Trial and error. Yeah.
0: Yes. You mentioned you do uh, writing workshops and um, we always try to ask uh, especially the fiction authors that we have on our show Um, about, you know, people who are just starting out and maybe they don't know um, where to start as far as writing their first book or maybe they have a book um, they've written or a couple and they just don't... Maybe they've been rejected or um, they're not sure what to do next. Do you have any advice, like general advice for aspiring writers out there for just how to keep going or where to start? Yeah, well,
1: the first thing is, you know, one of the biggest things I hear at writers' conferences is people say, you know, I've started three books, I've started four books, I've started six books, and I've never finished any of them. Mm. Um, one of the things I always tell them is start something and finish it. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a piece of junk. <laughs> start it start it and finish it, because just the satisfaction of actually finishing something mm-hmm. will keep you going. The failure, you know, over and over again... that. That feeling of failing over and over and over again. Eventually, you're going to throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the satisfaction of being able to hold a whole novel, whether it's any good or not, and say, "This is part of me. I did this and I finished it." That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, you know, never give up. I mean, I tell I tell people at conferences, 100. Percent of published writers never gave up. hmm <laughs> They kept going, and sometimes you have, to, sometimes you have to keep going a little longer than other people, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are kind of the two biggest things. You know, writing, like I said, it's a long process. It's something that's going to take three. Six, maybe nine months for people, maybe a year. Mm-hmm. And you got to get it in your head. A lot of people get excited about a story idea, and they start it, and they're all full throttle, gung ho about it. And after a month, six weeks, maybe two months, it starts to peter out. They lose interest in it, and they just feel like the story starts to drag. Maybe they block the flame. I don't know, for whatever reason. And then they stop. And then they get an idea about something else. And they get excited about it. And they start that. And after a while, that peters out.
2: Hmm.
1: That's when you just have to force it. You have to push through. Hmm. Um, You know, you just have to keep writing until the flame comes back. And you can keep going. And then finish what you start.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. That really is... I. I see that in a lot of things in life, you know, everything from writing to athletics to even relationships sometimes. Yeah, um, you're sure. And you're sure. right about how satisfying it is to finish something and say, I accomplished that and it gives you confidence to do other hard things in the future. Yes.
0: Yep. Yeah. I I'm really relating to what you're saying there. I have this bad habit of if I have an idea for a story or for something to write, if I tell somebody it almost like takes away, like, I don't know, something where because I've said it out loud, it's almost like I've done it, but I've never actually started yeah, writing right. it. Mm-hmm. So I have to like, all right, all right. As a, I have to trick myself and like not tell anybody <laughs> about it until I've actually finished.
2: Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: The other thing is, yeah, I was just um, talking to a lady this morning about this, is learning fiction. There's a lot out there where you can learn fiction writing. And people get so wrapped up in the learning part that they never actually mm. do the doing part. Mm. And they just keep learning. And there's a fear. You know, learning is safe, mm-hmm. there's really no expectations, um, there's no pressure. You can keep taking writing course after writing course after writing course, and you can learn, 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 and go to workshops and writers' conferences. The doing, that's the pressure now.
2: Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: There's expectations involved. There's in the pressure of once I get started, I should finish. And there's a real fear involved in that, the actually getting started part. So I. Um, You know, I usually tell people, look, there comes a point where you have to stop the formal learning, and you just have to do it, and you will learn on the way. It's just like, like any job. You go to college to learn how to be an engineer, and you learn a lot in college, but you really learn when you start your job, and you learn on the job as you go through experience, through making... Um, you know, whatever, making mistakes, trial and error. Same thing with writing. You can learn all you want to, but at some point, you gotta just sit down at the keyboard, start writing the story, and then you can learn as you go.
2: Mhm. There's a lot of wisdom in that, Mike. I two things are coming to mind. The first is James two. You know, faith that works is yeah. dead. And then also, uh, I was talking with friend of mine and um, uh, or a church friend of mine and they were really saying how sometimes the church produces art critics rather than artists themselves and so we learn and we get educated about the word or about ministry but are we really changing culture are we really producing works of art Um, and it's what you're really what you're saying so I think it it takes boldness, it takes courageous, it takes a lot of humility because it's not an easy process, um, but one that's very rewarding.
1: And that, this is off the subject a little bit, but that's a big problem, I think, um, with uh, modern-day Christianity. We have so many opportunities nowadays that we can learn. Sunday schools and online classes and sermons, and we learn, learn, learn. How many people are actually out there putting shoe leather to what they learn? You know, it's easy to sit in a classroom and learn, and we can feel spiritual about it, and we can pat ourselves on the back that we went through this Bible study, and we studied this book, and we listened to, you know, Tony Evans's series uh, on this, and, but if we never actually put it into practice, mm-hmm. what's the point, really? And my, dad's a ho- my dad always says, sometimes people are more in love with the Word of God than they are with the God of the Word. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, like you said, that resonates along many spectrums in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, gathering knowledge, gathering knowledge, gathering knowledge, and sitting and getting fatter and fatter and fatter on knowledge, but never actually doing anything and exercising that off.
2: Hmm. Hmm. that's very true Mike and it's, uh, it's something that's convicting for me because I think it's like you said it's very comfortable and safe to say oh we're not equipped yet we have to be more prepared so let's continue to learn but obviously we're never going to know everything and so you could technically use that excuse for the rest of your life and really get nowhere sure. <laughs> so yeah that's, that's a really good word for, for most things in life that's
0: really good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great, um, Mike. It was great to talk to you. Uh, where is a great place for our listeners to go to learn more about you?
1: Um, they can go online. Uh, they can find me on Amazon. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Um, uh, find me on Twitter. They can. Uh, through my website um and if you don't mind you can put the links to all of those on the whatever you do for absolutely the podcast. yes, yeah
2: um, i hear show notes i mean am
1: very yeah i try to be very active on those especially facebook um you know i'm always well not always i try to frequently post um something on there and i i try to be very interactive with people and my readers um I have a real core of readers who I'm very interactive with, and um, they look at me as a friend, and I look at them as friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, please look me up on Facebook. Uh, find me, ask questions, comments, whatever. I'm very open.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we will. And I, you know, I have a copy of Kill Devil right here. I'm going to go home and Read it this evening. Yeah, I, I yeah, hadn't had the pleasure of reading Centralia yet, so I hope it's okay that I start with this one. Oh, sure. <laughs>
0: you can always go back.
2: I can, yes. Yes, read yeah, it. Many, re-
1: many readers have said that though Chill um, uh, Devil is the sequel to Centralia, it's also standalone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. you don't have to read Centralia to know what's going on.
2: Okay. Oh, goodness. Well, thank you so much, Mike. We really appreciated your yeah, thanks time. thanks for having me.